welcome to another series of The Late Show. Uh, it's great to have you with us tonight and uh, we have with us tonight uh, a really interesting group of people because our topic that we're going to be thinking about tonight is pilgrimage. I'm Albert Bogle and I have with me my usual colleagues Ian Jimison. Hiya. And we have also with us uh, our, also Laura Diagon. Hello. And we have with us also our guests tonight. And I'll start off with Linda Pollock. Linda, of course, is well known to the community, but you might not know that Linda is also involved in pilgrimage and has visited the Holy Land many times. And so tonight we're going to hear from Linda from a, a different perspective. And I think she's actually got an invitation to meet Laura. Did you know that? Oh, yes. Uh, I, I think you might be getting an invitation. <laughs> in fact, there might be invitations going around everyone on the podcast tonight. But anyway, welcome, Linda. Thank you for joining us tonight. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Um, and we have also with us Andre, Andre Brochnader. Is that right? Is that right? <laughs> Andre is a member of the Sanctuary First, a member of Sanctus Media staff, and Andre has been involved in the whole um, design and production of our app, online app, and uh, he's been working very hard on uh, a new version of the app. But it came out that Andre had actually also walked the Camino, and I think. I might be right in saying this, that you started somewhere in Scotland and walked the whole way from Scotland to Spain. That's quite a journey. So uh, welcome, Andre. Long to hear and looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm honored to, to be here. <laughs> and also we have with us, of course, someone again who's not a, a, a stranger to those of us in Sanctuary First is Alec Shuttleworth. And Alec has been, uh, as many of us have been following your recent journey on the Camino. And uh, we're looking forward, Alec, to hearing from you as a, and just fresh back. You know, you look a lot fresher, Alec. You look <laughs> not so tired tonight. Yeah, I feel I feel a lot better than I have for many years, I have to say, which is a good thing. Yeah, I but think I, yeah, I you know. My, I fell out with a practice nurse the other day who I've I've been five foot ten since I was eighteen. And she had the cheek to measure me the other day, and apparently now I'm only five foot eight. Uh, and I'm I'm putting that down to having worn out the bottom of my feet somewhere <laughs> in the road of Old age, old age, old no, that, age. That <laughs> People do get smaller as they get older. She said, a very brave woman to talk to us in that way. But there you are. Yes, I feel great. Well, listen, guys, I thought it'd be good. Eh, what do you think, Laura and, and Ian, if we asked our guests a little bit, just a wee summary about themselves, not about the pilgrimage, but just what do you, what, what, tell us a little bit about yourself tonight. And you don't need to tell, you know, we don't need your whole life story, but maybe just something current that's going on that might, might be of interest to our listeners. I'll start off with you, Alec, give you a start, and then the, the others can follow on. I'm Alec. I'm a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I had a, I've had two careers, as it were, uh, both of which have been absolutely wonderful to me. They're into broadcasting for 20 years and ministry now for more or less 20 years. I'm a parish minister and, uh, as I say, took advantage of the, the study scheme that we have in the Church of Scotland to go away and do this. Uh, Santiago de, um, Camino de Santiago. Uh, I didn't start in Scotland, Andre. Um, well, I did, but I flew the first couple of thousand miles, uh, walked from France into to Spain, and not a thing that I would have dreamt of doing 
um, even two years ago, but um, I'm less of a man than I was two years ago. Uh, I was I was over 30 stones two years ago. I'm now just under 20. So uh, there's been a whole lot of life changing going on. And that wasn't the pilgrimage. It wasn't to do with the pilgrimage. I, I didn't do that in order to go on pilgrimage. But because I had done it, I was able to go. So there's yeah. a whole lot of life changing stuff going on around me at the moment. Um, you know, family moving on, um, all sorts of stuff going on. Interesting time. Well, keep that on in our mind as we think, uh, uh, Ian and, and Laura, as we, as we try to draw out what pilgrimage is all about, uh, the background, the context. What about you, Andre? What, what, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you are just now. Uh, you're, you're not actually in the UK, so let, a wee bit about yourself. <laughs> all right, I will, I will try to say something, something interesting. <laughs> uh, well, as you, as you heard, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, uh, Sanctus Media, media stuff, <laughs> and uh, I mostly like most of my time I spent uh, at work, of course, you know, and I'm Android developer, but uh, that's you know that's why that's not why I'm here uh, tonight. I think uh, the most important is that I walked Camino, uh, and I walked it actually twice already. Um, in both cases, it was actually Camino del Norte, which is not the way many pilgrims cho choose it's the northern way and uh, yes uh, what was the same i don't know <laughs> um i think like the most important uh, was for me the big camino what i call which was uh, in 2018 and uh, as you heard about me as well uh, i lived in scotland for uh, about four years from 2016 to, to 2020 and uh yeah i think like the the, the camino was very much like very, very important uh, you know moment of my life it was actually quite long and i started uh in edinburgh <laughs> which was a little bit which could be a little bit insane for some somebody because uh, i walked it all like in in one um like one time I didn't split the journey as many many pilgrims do uh, with longer pilgrimages. Um, yeah, o obviously I had to skip the part. Uh, well, well, we'll hear more about that because I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. But tell us, where are you living just now then? That's what I was just wanting to ask because I'm thinking, well, if, if Andre's not, he works for Sanctus Media, but he's not in Scotland, I'm like, this is like, you know, global working i'm liking this digital working online so where are you Andre? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good question well uh, yes i'm in czech republic currently i <clears throat> um i am uh, near brno which is uh, the like second biggest city in czechia mm -hmm. but actually the place where i am is uh, fairly small smaller than than bonas uh it's called adamov and uh, it's just a wee wee town uh, surrounded <laughs> by forests so <laughs> it sounds great. Sounds great. You'll need to send us some pictures eh, one of these days, Andre. So, hey, Linda, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I suppose um, I'm in the northeast of Scotland, but I'm from Northern Ireland. Um, I've been very conscious the past couple of years of um, of, of God's God coming very close to me and telling me it's okay to have a life and um, that 
especially in ministry of word and sacrament, we think that our lives are all work and they can't be because that's being God. And I think what I've been learning is that it's important for me not to simply um, work and live and live and work, but to live, work and celebrate God's gift of life to me. So that's what I've been trying to work on and feeling miserably a lot of the time, but trying, I think that's the st first step is just to try. And I've been trying to do that and I've been loving it. I've been <laughs> loving giving myself permission to chill, to relax, to play my guitar. Well, you know something, it must be doing you good because I think your reflections this week on Sanctuary First are excellent and been a real blessing to us. So if you're not, if you're listening to this, uh, please have a look at Linda's reflections this week because I think you really are just connecting with people where they are and it's so real. Thank you, Linda. Thank thank you. You. I, I wonder if I might jump in for a second and thank Linda as well. <clears throat> um, it's been very meaningful for me this week and I'm sorry that I haven't been able to comment on the Facebook um, it's just been a very busy week for me but um, it's really touched me Linda it's been really really brilliant it's really some I think it was Wednesday no not Wednesday it would be Monday um, just was very touching to me. So thank you. And those of you who are listening, please have a look at Linda's week and have a look at Monday. And uh, you'll understand why I found that. Yeah, and you can find that if you go to Sanctuary First, www.sanctuaryfirst.org.uk and they go to the section where it says the daily worship. And if you click on that, you will see the, the worship for this week there. Uh, in fact, there's a, there's a whole... There's a whole year of material there that you can look at. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> so listen, guys, let's just start and go and start with maybe, um, again, we'll go back to you, Alec, again. A wee bit about, you know, the pilgrimage. What was it that motivated you to do this? And uh, any stories particularly that you want to share on that journey? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can even answer what motivated me to do it. It's a thing that I did with Margaret, my wife, and she has wanted to do it for many, many years. And it just became possible. The, the, the fact of the matter is suddenly we were pushing on this open door. It became possible because it is expensive. We had to find some funding for it and all the rest of it. Um, she is, uh, although she knew long about it long ago, she became a fan of the, the film The Way, which is uh, this film about the Camino, which uh, millions of people I, I would hazard have seen and uh, they, they decide to take the journey. It's a film starring Martin Sheen, uh, which, you know, you watch it on Netflix and so on. It's very good. Um, but really, it was, a, it, was to, it was to have, I suppose, at this time of my life and these changes of my life, uh, the honest thing as well is to say it was to have an adventure. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, rather like Bilbo Baggins, who was that book uh -huh. when he headed off to the Lonely Mountain. <laughs> I've I, I followed adventures all my life that other people have had, and here was a chance to have one. And also to examine some of the, you know, the, the, the we're in a church which is in a great deal of change at the moment, and I, I felt I needed to, to hit the big red reset button. I've got about five years probably of, of full-time parish ministry work left in me. And I felt I needed to hit the big red reset button and just, you know, find out some things about myself, find out, you know, find out what God was asking me to do. And I, I have to say that by the, about the third or fourth week of that Camino, 
from Saint Jean Pied de Port, uh, just over the Pyrenees, about the third or fourth week, I hit that kind of relaxed place where just nothing seemed to bother me. It, it was strange. And actually, in a kind of way, I'm still there. You know, it, it's it's well, that, I, and I find it hard to explain. I'm like, I, I left just being a parish minister. I've come back, I'm now, and you'll appreciate this as a Church of Scotland minister yourself, I'm now a vice convener of one committee, a part-time convener of another one, and an inter-moderator of parish next door. And I'm just kind of chill about it. And yeah, sure, okay, fine, you know. And, uh, so it, it was the adventure. It was the opportunity to 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 have a spiritual experience as well. It was the opportunity for Margaret and I to be together for you know twenty four hours a day, seven days a week for mm -hmm. seven weeks, and that's something that um, you know married as we have been for thirty years. You know that's not the way we mostly live. Good morning. Oh, hello again. Good evening, and then you're on to the next day. So that was that was fantastic. That was special as well. So all these things kind of combined. Um, uh, but what actually drove me there, I don't know. What I got out of it was just this sense of peace. Um, and long may that continue. Like, I wonder if I could ask you a question. Um, I, I think there are sometimes things that um, are involved with our lives or, or, or our jobs or where we are in our life, and also physical things that may throw up your desire for adventure, to find yourself, to find God, um, that, you know, maybe are barriers. I, 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 and I say this because I, I usually used to walk my dog all the way along to one part of Largs, the other part of Largs. And, and recently uh, I kind of slipped a disc in my lower back and I actually have to, I've never used a cane in my life, but I had to use a cane and, and I've got so many responsibilities here and to the people of Ayrshire and within the job that I do, Ali, can yet the, the desire that when I hear you speak about this, you know, I'm filled with, I'd, I'd love to do something like this. But what would you say to people like me who, you know, they feel that, goodness, it's enough to walk along the, you know, mile along the prom, the flat prom in Largs with a stick and a dog um, to do something like the, the the Camino and that feeling of what, what will happen at home if I'm if I'm gone. Um, Alec, what, have you, or in fact, any of you, Linda, or, or um, uh, yourself, Andre, you know, how'd you get over that? Or did you need to? Or does God make the way? What happens? From my from my point of view, neither Margaret or I were really fit enough to do this. That's the first thing. I mean, yes, I'd lost a lot of weight before I started, and I lost another stone doing it, but really, we weren't fit enough to do it. Uh, there's a place called Horizon, which is the first stop out of Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port, and the tradition when you arrive there is that you all, 40 or 50 of you having dinner together, and you all stand up one by one and tell, you know, tell a bit of your story. And so the people knew that I was carrying all, all this physical weight. And they were always amazed when we made it to the end of the day. In fact, some of them almost looked disappointed. But uh, they were prepared to help. But I, I think, you know, you just you just do it. I mean, that, that's the thing. Uh, one of the interesting things is that young people would go flying past you. 
at high speed. And the next day, you can hardly see their, their legs for K-tape and that kind of stuff. We plodded on at two miles an hour up these hills and down these valleys at our speed, going you know, as we could um, with God with us. And we made it through. And it took a long time. And it's hard. It is very, very hard. The, the, everybody finds it hard, no matter what the level of fitness. Uh, consult a doctor and see if you can, you know, if you if you should attempt it. Uh, but but do what you can. You don't have to do the whole thing. You don't have to walk from Edinburgh, you know, uh, which Andre did, which is frankly not a little bit insane. It was a lot insane, Andre. You don't have to do that. You can do it in little sections. But but you'll find something. Uh, the Camino, the the saying on the Camino is the Camino uh, doesn't give you what you want. It gives you what you need. Mm. And uh, yes. I think, you know, that's rather like prayer as well and God. God doesn't give you what you want. God gives you what you need. This is obviously what I needed at this stage in my life. Wow. Mm. Wonderful. Ian, I would say to you, I, when I walk any distance more than 500 yards, I have to use crutches because I have really bad arthritis. And on the many occasions I've been to the, the Holy Land, I've had to take crutches with me. And... If you have an inkling the size of a grain of sand that you'd like to do a pilgrimage, do it. And it doesn't matter if you do half a mile of a pilgrimage or three weeks or 21 months, because the pilgrimage is not simply the physical part of it. It's a big part because in the physicality, you're being forced to confront yourself in many different ways. But make the pilgrimage and start even with a finger labyrinth to start you off um, and, and go to another labyrinth a bit bigger and then start but the pilgrimage will, as as Alec just said, if 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 this is something God is inviting you to do, and I believe God invites every one of us to make a pilgrimage with God, um, then just do it, and mm-hmm. I'll I'll tell you more about the invitation halfway later. Andre, <laughs> uh-huh. why did um why did you go from Edinburgh um whenever you went? Uh well. Uh, that that was actually at the time it was for me very simple thank you for the question uh, Linda um, Laura sorry <laughs> at that time because you know I I've read somewhere or heard somewhere I'm not sure uh, that a true pilgrimage well what is a true pilgrimage but <laughs> in my mind a true pilgrimage was meant to be walked from home and uh, Edinburgh was at the time my home and uh, so, yeah, so that was pretty simple. And uh, as Alex said, pretty insane. I do know what I really, I, 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 I like that um, answer because um, recently it was on, um, it was on social media. I had seen uh-huh. a post, it was, well, it was a story about a man that was actually, he lived, well, he was living in Britain but he 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 was he was from China, and he was wow. actually walking. He was walking through every country to get back home again. And why it captured my imagination was because he bought a horse, and the horse goes with him. Um. So so that that same. I, I like that idea. Like like you're going from home, you know, and it's uh. <laughs> it's actually quite common to meet people on 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 the Camino. 
uh, who've done that. And it's easier from if you're coming from Italy or, or France or mm -hmm. because you can walk. I mean, at some point, uh, Andre had to get in a boat to get across the uh, <laughs> get across the canals. But, but yeah, that 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 business of walking from home um, that tends to be the the younger the younger age groups tend to do that. And just as a, an, an interesting aside, and it's worth thinking about this, I suppose. The, the age group thing is very interesting. You get people of Andre's age up to about 25, 26, 27, and you get people of my age from about the late 50s, I'm 64, the late 50s on, well, actually on to 70, 80, and people in their 80s. You don't get the people between 30 and uh, 55 because they don't have the time, they can't get away, you know, and and... Almost at a point in their life where they could really do with it, uh, yeah. they, they they can't get it. They, they can do short parts, and a lot of people do a, a fortnight here and a fortnight there. Mm -hmm. But it's it's and it's it's kind of like it's kind of like the church. You know, the, the the people that we have in the church in our denomination tend to be the older generation. That's the generation that are walking all over Europe. It's not just the community, all over. Yeah, I know. Well, I've followed your journey, Ali. Can I like? I really, I would love to do it, but. I just have, well, I've got too much responsibility now. I just, I can't. Um, and I could maybe do like a, a couple of nights, but then I think that's cheating. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I'd rather do it all in well, one go. And and just to pick up something that Andre said, you know, that he'd heard that the proper way to do this, you know, the proper way to do your, pil your Camino, your pilgrimage, whatever it is, is the way you're doing it. And so yes, the expression, yes, you yes. walk your own, you know, uh, and don't worry about the fact, you know, that, you know, there are some people who ride horses up bits of it and some people who miss out stages and take buses. Doesn't matter. Walk your own Camino. Uh, and it's it's about being honest and about being honest with your vulnerability as well. Because if you, if you know, some things you just can't do. Yes, I, I, I would totally agree with what, what you said, Alec. Um, because, you know, I... Uh, because I walked Camino twice, I can compare also between them. And, uh, you know, my first Camino, which was 2015, <laughs> we walked as a group of four people, uh, four friends. Um, but we walked it, like, from Spain, from Irun, um, which is at the border with France. Um, and so it was much shorter. It was much shorter. And it was, you know, with, with other friends there to support me. So you could maybe you could maybe say or feel that, oh, you know, that wasn't the proper in quotes pilgrimage. It like it was something, you know, not as major. But uh, maybe maybe you would be surprised because during this what I call big Camino, I often felt um, that I didn't you know feel at the times that I, I just didn't enjoy it as much or it was uh, somehow I, I felt maybe. I don't feel so close uh, to the to the higher force for or God, uh, and uh, yes, I was actually sometimes a little bit disappointed. And even even still, uh, when I compare it today, I just feel that both of the ways, you know, both of the journeys, they had their own um, special moments or or special uh, special wisdom which it which it gave me. So. Um, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that even, even, you know, people who do it, for example, the 14 days, 
and then uh, go back home and then th they continue. I think it is still uh, incredibly important and it's still very deeply transformative to be to be honest. And when it comes also, that was our like previous topic, it comes you know to physical limitations or illnesses or you know yeah many people which i many pilgrims fellow pilgrims which i met they weren't fit to do it as much at least in the beginning and you know when you alec uh, will know for sure or i don't know maybe maybe it was just me but both caminos which i walked you know when you when you go closer to santiago that last 100 kilometers which it's which is uh, not so hilly anymore there you will see people on wheelchairs mm -hmm. they're coming up yeah and that's just incredible you know so it is possible so <laughs> so that's uh yeah i just uh, wanted to add that <laughs> it, I, I find it fascinating that, that you know the whole concept i mean i kind of grew up on uh chaucer and you know that 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 pilgrimage yeah um, when i was at school and you know my head goes there my head goes to pilgrim's progress and um and, and the other place my head goes to is i i wonder if some people listening might be on a pilgrimage through their life yeah um and perhaps their pil pilgrimage is the walk to the shops and back again I mean, I know it sounds so small, but for some people, that's a tremendous challenge. Or is, or is that a wrong-headed way of looking at pilgrimage? I, I, I don't, I don't think you'd say it's a wrong-headed way because that is part of the pilgrimage <clears throat> of your life. I mean, a, a set pilgrimage, I think, has has got these four characteristics, which you would traditionally assume would be there. It's a, it's a, it's a progress towards a holy place which may be a great cathedral like St Andrew's in the Fife Pilgrim Way case or Santiago, or it may be a grandmother's grave up a valley. It's a holy place. It's um, it's a transformation. It involves a transformation. It, it involves difficulty because it's supposed to be difficult. And it requires disconnecting from routine. Now, th those are kind of the four classic, if you were, definitions. I would add a fifth one always. It also depends on the goodwill and kindness of strangers. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's the other one I would add in there. Um, so the difference, I think, between a walk and a pilgrimage is, is those characteristics. But you're right, we are all on pilgrimage. Um, and, <coughs> and how we walk on from the end of reaching our holy place is really what's interesting me now. Well, you know, how do we continue this? The response. I think there's, I think as followers of Jesus, we're called to pilgrimage beginning and end, but there's an intentionality of taking out of your time and life and doing a specific task, the characteristics that Alec has just mentioned there. And it's that intentionality, but it's the same as walking into a labyrinth, there's an intentionality. Um, and I think that when you're on the pilgrimage, um, it's different to what happens when you're finished that intentional setting aside special time. And this is where the real work begins now. Uh, your response to that sacred journey, your response to that time that you've carved out from all the other stuff that you have to do in your daily life. Now is where the real work begins because on the pilgrimage, the intentional pilgrimage, you're forced with, as Alex said earlier, your vulnerability and, and you're forced with 
um, the distractions, because as, as Andre spoke of a few minutes ago, the two different times he was there, I would I would hazard a guess that when you were with your friends, Andre, there were distractions. But when you're on your own and it's this whole solitude mm -hmm. thing that is important. Um, but it'll take me too long to explain everything. But but there's a, this need to belong and to be in community, and you can still be in solitude in this with the, the belonging and with this sense of being in community. But it's the whole. Um, intentionality now post physicality um, and uh, allowing yourself by the spirit and grace of God to be confronted in his, the loving way that God will confront us maybe it will not be loving for you but it's always been loving for me um, so so it's what you do with that afterwards now and a lot of folk don't do anything they think oh well I've done the Camino or oh well I've done that uh, pilgrimage around Iona oh well I've done and, 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 and it's great because if it's a physical exercise that's fine but it's an awful expensive physical exercise. Um, but you cannot put a price on your, your inner life. And if God's going to gift you with this pilgrimage, this intentional time away, God has something you you, you want to, to understand and hear and learn. And it might not be some big great revelation. Uh, it might simply be, yeah, I believe that you love me. And if that's not a big revelation, I don't know what is. But it's, you know, it's, it's just important. It's the response. Uh, I was wondering um, with now I know a woman who done the Camino, um, but she would she would say that she wasn't religious. You know, I think she was more New Age, um, kind of spirituality, but she felt she was called to do this a uh, pilgrimage by the Spirit. You know, which you know I'm thinking the Holy Spirit has guided her to do this. And I'm wondering if, like, on your pilgrimages, if you came across people um, who who started it without a faith, um, or you know, maybe were looking to rediscover faith, or you know, people that it it was this, you know, um, it, you know, meeting with God at some point that they didn't think would actually be possible, um, so um. I'm, Wondering if any of you encountered anybody like that. Hmm. There, there, there are kind of different categories, um, Laura, I think. There, there are groups of students who come across from America in particular and from Korea, a lot of Koreans, who are on an organized Camino. And they will do, they won't usually do the whole thing. They'll do a fortnight and they are guided through it by a leader. And that is very definitely kind of a religious experience. There are those who are bucket list ticking. Uh, because this is one of the great treks now in the world, They're going along the Camino, over the Pyrenees, along to, to Santiago. Um, and um, the the record for the number of people who received their Compostela, which is the certificate you get if you walk at least 100 kilometres, um, the record was smashed this year. They passed 400,000 in the middle of August. Now, there are a couple oh, of reasons heaven. for that. Uh, the, it's a holy year. Actually, the last year was the holy year, but the Pope because of COVID said that this year could be the holy year. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people had planned, you know, over the last two years to do it. And this was the first opportunity. So there are a whole lots of reasons for that. So there is the bucket list ticking. And there there are those who are wondering, looking just to discover, not, I don't think discovering God, I think discovering themselves. Uh, um, uh -huh. And if God is part of your makeup and, and worldview, then that is where you'll, that is what you'll discover, I think. But I think a lot of people, it is 
it's like you said, new agey, and I, I think that's true. I mean, remember th this this pilgrimage route is older than than St James's body being discovered because this is basically the road to the end of the earth. This is from, this is to Finisterra. This is mm -hmm. you know, this yeah. literally is where you go to the end of the earth, and and therefore. It, there's been a lot of pilgrimage activity, you know, that predates the Christian era, even if you like. Yeah. So yeah, there are all sorts of, of 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 people that you encounter on there. But the fascinating thing, from my point of view, of course, is that everybody has a story, mm. and and what you want to listen to are all these stories. And, yeah. and I'm I'm a believer in narrative theology, if you like. The the, the interest, what interests me is where our story and God's story yeah. suddenly are yeah. really gearing together and uh -huh. that can happen that definitely can happen on pilgrimage i wonder if that heightening of spirituality of that um that change within yourself is what kind of gives you that glimpse of the divine perhaps you know it, the, there's so many names for that higher power mm -hmm. yeah i mean mm -hmm. we could go on forever about the names I'm not, do names matter really? I mean, I think for us Christians, names do matter. I think, um, you know, Jesus is kind of the name above all names, but there's that other, there's another side to this, and that is sometimes something is so real and so true, you can't give it a name. It's just there. It's that change, that thing. And, and maybe as ministers of word and sacrament, Linda, as you would have it, um, it's the discussing with people that experience and perhaps <coughs> put, putting a name to it. I don't know. I wonder if yeah. I could ask you, Linda, because we've not asked you a little bit about your pilgrimage. And <coughs> excuse me, I know that you're going over to the Holy Land this February, but you've been many times. Yeah. And I wonder what is it that's drawing you there and um, how how easy would it be for someone if they wanted to join you to to become part of your your experience along with you in this journey well i the first time i went i didn't want to go i had to go because of work and i was dreading it because i'm like oh hot sweaty walking for miles who wants to do that but i had to do it and i just it's as if i was just captured and scripture came alive for me in the holy land and another thing that really um, touched me was the plight of the Palestinian people. And growing up in Belfast, um, I lived beside a big wall um, that was supposed to stop us throwing stones over at the other side. And didn't, didn't work. <laughs> Petrol bombs. And I was fascinated with this wall, um, this massive, massive wall that is all throughout Israel stroke Palestine. And I, I sensed a lot of the similarities and Israel stroke Palestine with Northern Ireland, just think of London stroke Derry, you know. Um, <laughs> so I, I've had to go back, and I, I go back every couple of years because there's something that just calls me back, and I, and I believe it's the Spirit of God. And when I'm there, it's as if the world falls from my shoulders and I get to glimpse God every time I turn around and I keep saying, I've got heartburn of the eyes, I've got heartburn of the eyes. It's too much. Um, but there's something about sitting in ancient sites and discovering the stories of these ancient sites and think, oh, 
Oh, wow. Elijah, Mount Carmel. My goodness. Plains of Jezreel. Oh, oh there's the Mount Beatitudes. Oh, my goodness. That's where you, Look at that. That's what Jesus fed the 5,000. Oh, look at the Sea of Galilee. And, and when I see things like the, the, what was called the Jesus boat, it brings alive the story of Jesus calming the storm. Because I thought it was a bigger boat than, than the, the Jesus first century boat they found in, um, in Galilee. And, and then I used to think, about the stoning of people, you know how they would punish people by stoning them. I should think, well, where do they get all the stones? Do they carry them in their wee bags, or, or do they go and dig some stones up and then hawk them over to where they're going to kill somebody? You know, but it's learning that there's stones all over the Holy Land, and and learning the context of our of our scriptures illuminates them, brings them alive, and and helps me in my devotional life, but also in my working life. And it's easy if you want to come to um, Israel, Palestine. With me, whenever you come with me, you will be doing holiday stuff, um, like sunbathing on the beach. We go to a pilgrim house and we meet in a school, which is one of the top 10 schools in, in the Holy Land. We meet with Archbishop Shakur, who, who invented or created this school against all the odds. And we learn about the plight of the Palestinian, his Palestinian causes. But we also learn that Islamic children and Christian children are being educated together in the name of Christ. Um, and we go to other places where we 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 meet the refugees <laughs> and spend time hearing their stories, and 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 we go to places where we see what the Holocaust did, you know, look at the Holocaust Museum, and we go to ordinary people and hear their stories because that's what it's all about. Um, and we walk a lot, but we also are, we're on a bus. If you've any mobility issues, don't worry, I'm in crutches. In the Holy Land, the people are generous with their time for folk who are disabled, and very very loving and caring. And every site that you want to see, and we will see more sites than you'll, you'll see with any other group. Every site you want to see is covered with um, uh, mobility support. Um, so if you would want to come with me, as a wee, I think I did a podcast with Laura about it recently, and I put up our, well, I gave Laura the information, so it should be coming up onto the, the site soon, I would hope. But yeah. get touch with me and let me know. Uh-huh. But it's, uh, I, 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 I was supposed to go last year, obviously, but we couldn't with COVID. Uh, and the last time I was there, COVID had just been uh, announced as a pandemic, or just about to be announced as a pandemic. Um, and I, I, I just, something happens when I'm, I hear the sounds, I smell the smells, I see the sights. It's as if God is coming close to me in a very special way. And when you walk the, the Via Dolorosa, the road that Jesus walked, with the cross on his shoulder, um, and you see the ancient streets. I would never wear a cross before, and the first time I went, I just thought a cross is not a piece of jewelry. Why do people wear jewelry? A, a, a symbol of violence. Um, and when I was there and walked the Via Dolorosa, I, I just I was profoundly moved, and uh, I was presented with a cross as part of my takeaway, and it was a Jerusalem cross, and I wear it all the time now. Just a wee wooden bit of string round my neck. Um, and I, wear, I, I don't wear it for show, I wear it underneath a, a blouse or a shirt or whatever, I don't pull it out, but it touches me physically at times and the wee edge rubs me and it reminds me of the suffering that he endured for me and for indeed all of us. So there's, there's everybody's experience there is different, but for me, I go back and I'm renewed and I'm challenged and I'm affirmed and we went to the church in Anne last time and it, I am not very um, bold about bursting into song. I'm quite shy about it, actually. But we sat in this church 
And I just burst into a beautiful hallelujah, just a gentle hallelujah, because at the time, my brother had just died uh, about two weeks before. And I was remember, I was praying, oh, God, help me, oh, God, help me. And I remember sitting in that seat thinking, change your song, wee girl. You're always asking for something and moaning and greeting. And it just came out of me, hallelujah, hallelujah, a beautiful Iona chant. And I sang it three times. And then people who were there, strangers and other pilgrims like me from our, our community, just started to join in. And it was like a choir of the angels. It was the most profound experience. Um, I can't even articulate it. Can I ask you, um, Linda, the, the, the thing that I found almost a bit frustrating about the Holy Land was that if Jesus had been somewhere the church was built, you know, you the church, the Holy Sneeze, just outside Jerusalem. This is where yes. Jesus Sneeze went. So the, the really powerful place for me was the middle of the boat in Galilee when you're looking yes. across at the Gedarene and the, the Golan Heights and, and and you can really connect. And the other place is the Garden Tomb in, in Jerusalem. Yes. But yeah. it, it is it is that sense in which you can still find places which have not been polluted by the church. That sounds an awful way of putting it. But but do you, do you, do you, does that resonate with you at all? Totally. Yeah, and the Sea of Galilee, we don't allow them to play the... the that. If you go on this boat in the Sea of, sea of Galilee, uh, they hoist your flag of your nation and then they play your national anthem. Um, but we don't let them do that. It's hilariously funny. We don't let them play Flower of Scotland or the Star Spangled Banner or hoist any flags. We go in and we sit and we actually... We sit for 25 minutes and just be still and we look all around us, but we, we listen and we look up to the Golden Heights, yes, and, and we look south. Um, and it's, uh, again, it's this moving, gentle sway of the water that all of a sudden can burst up into a storm because of the wind tunnels. Um, but there's just something when you gaze around and you see the pollution of churches all around the Holy Land. Um, but for me, one of the sites that, that, that had touched me was the... You know where Peter confesses um, Caesarea Philippi? Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And he says, you're, you're the Christ. Um, there, what, what I learned was the Temple of Pan, all, all these wee, wee shrines to Pan, all these little places. And for Peter to have said that out loud, with the, the Jews all around him, with the Romans all around him, with the, you know, the believers in Pan, etc., all around for him to have said that, he took his life in his hands. And, and how he went from that on that occasion very early on in the ministry to whenever he said to the wee girl from Galilee, I don't know who you're talking about. Mm. And that the conflict of that and, and the, the questions it forces us to ask. But yeah, and, and the Golden Heights is another place that I love. I go there as often as I can. And there's a man, a Druze, a Druze man with a big moustache. <clears> and he's a little apple orchard and he brings apples and honey from the bees he, he also grows. The, he has lots of little beehives and I buy a dozen apples and I, I always bring home three jars and I, I scoff the apples when I'm there of course but there's something about seeing the changes there and how they've transformed that from a place of war relic where they had loads of old old decommissioned weapons, it's now a place where they take children and families and have a cafe and you see for miles, you see into Syria and the last time I was there, Syria hadn't um, they'd started the bombing there and the fighting and everything else um, but you couldn't see a whole lot of the ruin. But you knew I'm looking onto this country that's been decimated by war. You know, mm. incredible. Just while I was listening to um, Linda there talking um, uh, and being aware of her accent, there's one other thing about 
pilgrimage. The, the, there is an Irish tradition of pilgrimage yes. where you don't go anywhere. You just go. And that's what that I was alluding to at the beginning mm. of our conversation because, oh. yeah, that's you it. Know, and you, you have an going, The first thing I said about a characteristic was you're going to a holy place. Yeah. That's the bit that's missing. This, this well, we call it a Celtic tradition. But Everything's holy. But you just go. You and And... And you know that could be in your walk along the the, the beach at Trun, you know, or or wherever yeah. you manage. But you just go. And and you also have an Anam Cara. Have you read the book by John O'Donoghue, Anam Cara? It's well worth getting. Anam Cara is two Irish words, soul friend, mm. and it's about having someone who you're not accountable to, like we have in hierarchical spiritual direction, but it's someone who who loves God. Um, and to love God and to glimpse God, you don't need a degree. In fact, it's better if you don't have a degree because you don't have all the nonsense, all the baggage. But you just simply allow God to touch you and experience. You experience God. And so your Anam Kara um, walks with you and accompanies you and answers your questions with answers that they, they may have. And it's, it's a mutuality. It's like presence. Presence is mutual, isn't it? I can be sitting here and you can ignore me, but I'm still present. But the presence is only realized whenever you acknowledge me and we're mutually involved and rest reciprocating. And that's the whole thing with God. God's presence is everywhere. So everywhere is holy, everywhere is sacred. And so the destination is not the point. It's the, it's the participation in pilgrimage in life. I own as a wee small island. People come there in their thousands every year and they have an encounter with God, whether they're perceived to be religious or not, or whether they're spiritual or whatever language they want to use. But they encounter God because they're they're open to the presence. And like I said earlier, the wee grain of sand is all you need. If you will respond to that wee grain of sand, that inkling that's in there, and just start, just start. And there may be a, a, a sacred I really love that because it's it doesn't need to be a big adventure. Exactly. It's just that it's just that we step out with with the presence, isn't it? Yeah. That's beautiful. I, I, it resonates with me a lot. When when I was a, a, I wrote a song a number of years ago called "Born at the Right Time," um, and it and it was about two good friends of mine who went out and they did like missionary work abroad and and all that kind of stuff. And and when I was a medical student <laughs> in my final year at Manchester, um, a lot of my friends went to Africa and all these places of, you know, to do humanitarian work. And I felt terrible because my, my dad had cancer and I couldn't go anywhere. Um, and all I could do was to work in Scotland and work with deprived people in Scotland, and which I'm still doing. Um, that was what I had to do. and it, But nobody was excited by that. You know, if you would talk about that in your your group of friends, they'd be like, oh, that's, God, you went to Elvira, good on you, man. Um, you know, I went to Zimbabwe and did great feats of marrying, you know, medical daring do. Um, and you almost feel deflated by that. You think, you know, what, what have I actually done? I've not done anything. Uh, and when I wrote Born at the Right Time, Born at the Right Time, it, it, it was a song kind of in response to that, that you're blessed to be able to go and do the thing which might make it more meaningful for you. But as I've got older and I look back, I think I just did some good things, but I just didn't do them in a, what we would call in, in my world, a flashy way. You know, yeah. it was that kind of quiet way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was trying to help 
people in Scotland that didn't have any money or any food. I, <laughs> and, I I go Africa. and I felt I felt a bit kind of like dented by the whole thing. You know, like my friends are like, oh, I've been there, there and everywhere. And I'm like, I didn't really do anything very much. Kind of like, I, mean, I would say that that probably formed, that experience formed and informed who you are to this very day and the position you find yourself in now. I mean, it's it's easy to go on the big adventures overseas, uh, but it's harder to stick at the cold face. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think it's much harder. We, we, of course, as Protestants, have got a kind of natural inbuilt resistance to the whole thing about pilgrimage. I mean, Martin Luther was dead against it. And one of the reasons Martin Luther was dead against it was just because it took you away from your responsibilities at home for so long uh, and, and left people behind. Uh, it, there was also the thing that it's 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 something to do with works. You're trying to to get yourself into heaven by by doing this good work of, of walking. Um, but yeah, that there, there, there is this resistance. And and the other thing, of course, is uh, you mentioned Pilgrim's Progress. The whole of the opening chapter, of Pilgrim's Progress, is about all the people telling the pilgrim that he's daft. Mm. He's daft <laughs> for setting out on the journey. He, mm -hmm. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? What what on earth is going on? And uh, it, not as daft as you, Andre, walking all the way from Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know something? Can I say thank you so much for this time together this evening? I think we've been on a journey and a pilgrimage with you all. And you've taken us all on a journey and a pilgrimage. And this podcast itself, from beginning to end, has been an invitation to go on a journey to discover who you are, perhaps, but also to discover something about what it means to follow Jesus. I've been just listening tonight, not asking a lot of questions, but listening. And in listening, I've been touched by the idea that, first of all, you've got to start somewhere. And Andre telling us to start at home. Mm. And what I started to think about that was, Andre, to start at home is perhaps to walk because in your heart you want to be home and you're looking for the home that you're longing for. And there's a sense in which we are all looking for a home, a place where we can be ourselves and we can loved and we be part of the family. And surely that's what Sanctuary First is all about. We call ourselves Sanctuary First because a sanctuary is a place of safety, like your home is a place of safety. And so we want Sanctuary First to be the pilgrimage place where you come and you can be accepted and be at home. But also tonight you've helped us understand, those of us looking in and thinking about what is Sanctuary First all about? It's about following Jesus or discipleship and going on a journey and realising that our lives are part of a journey. We are on a journey from beginning to end but this search for home. And so we've learned a lot tonight in listening to you all and uh, I think maybe been inspired. And uh, <clears throat> I was I was wanting to ask you to ask Andre if if he was thinking on like Linda and going back to do a third uh, Camino. And and if he would, would would it would it be different, do you think? Um well what uh, yes, well, uh, what Linda was saying actually, actually, uh, like deeply, you know, made, made some deep impression to me, because uh, well, she was talking about about the Holy Land. I'm actually not sure if uh, if you meant Linda uh, Camino to you know Camino de Santiago or rather 
the way to Israel, to Jerusalem? Israel and Palestine. Yes. <laughs> well, what, what would I change? Uh, another thing, actually, um, sorry for jumping from one thought to another. Another thing which, which uh, you know, impressed me is that that Irish tradition of walking just somewhere or nowhere, um, because that's actually an idea which I which I was uh, getting during my last Camino. So uh, my what I would change uh, would be definitely a destination, I think. <laughs> and I would try I would try a different different journey. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure uh, where it would be. But uh, yes, that is probably what I would what I would change, and I think um, maybe I would try to make my journey a little bit more, um, let's say, ascetic. That's the right word. I'm not sure because uh, I think during my last time, you know, I, I've been too benevolent of, of myself compared to many many other pilgrims. So I think uh, a little bit. Pushing myself a little bit more to walk a little bit faster yeah. um, would be would have been interesting. Would have been would have given given different results. Yeah. Maybe not better, but different. So, well, but, maybe who knows? Maybe maybe tonight will spur you on to go with Linda. <laughs> well, and, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter where you go, Albert. I mean that that's the point. And and yeah. just my my final takeaway from this is 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 the word that this Camino de Santiago. You spend six and a half weeks. We spent six and a half weeks walking to a place where we spent forty eight hours. It's the journey there. It's not the destination. It's the Camino, and Camino just means the way. And uh, I said this on Sanctuary First when I, when I did the final thing, that you see this text all over the place. Uh, Soy el Camino. I am the way. It is Jesus that is the way. And, 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 and of course, the early church was called the way. So yeah. that it's the way. It's not, it's not the destination. It's the way. And Jesus said, I am the way. Well, listen, I think I need to give you the last word, Alec, mm -hmm. because you've summed it up so well for us tonight eh, that it's back to Jesus. It's back to Jesus. And if we can eh, allow ourselves to find that way, walking with Jesus, we will find ourselves walking home. So thank you all for being with us tonight. Thank you, Alec. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Andre. And of course, my colleagues, Laura, Indian. Once again, thank you for joining us tonight. And of course, to Ray Manger, who always is there doing the technical stuff behind the scenes. Thank you to, to you, Ray. And uh, until the next time we meet, uh, which will be the last Friday in November. November. <laughs> yeah. Not, not the last Friday, Albert. There will be other Fridays. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Until then, have a great month. And remember, walk the Camino. Walk the Camino.